from deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales. I'm Adam Schick. Every once in a while, various Gator schedules align to give fans a jam-packed weekend of events. The final week of January is one of those unique opportunities, as the Gators are hoping to fill the O-Dome all weekend long and cheer on the Orange and Blue as they host top 10 opponents across three different sports. To make sure you're ready for all of them, today we'll talk men's hoops with FloridaGators.com senior writer Chris Harry, hear from All-American gymnast Bridget Sloan, and chat with women's basketball sophomore Haley Lorenzen. But first, it was a Jekyll and Hyde week for Mike White's team, as a season-best performance against Auburn was followed by a tough outing in Nashville. We spoke to FloridaGators.com's senior writer Chris Harry about this week's action and began by breaking down the trip to the always harrowing Memorial Gym. To go into a place like Vanderbilt, which is always a tough venue for any Southeastern Conference team to go into, and you score 19 points in the first half, you're probably not going to win a game like that. You shoot 33% from the floor, but it was 21% in the first half. So you dig yourself a hole that's really, really going to be hard to get out of. Mike White afterwards was frustrated with some defensive breakdowns along the way in the first half that really uh, that kind of helped Vanderbilt stretch out the lead. But they only had 30 points at halftime itself. It was 30 to 19, and the game wasn't out of reach if you start hitting shots. And lo and behold, the Gators start making shots in the second half. Uh, they made a bunch toward the stretch of the game. At one point, they cut it to four. Then Vanderbilt took it out again, and they and they cut it back to four again, then the two, but it was just the flurry came too little too late. But again, they had won three straight Southeastern Conference games. Going to Vandy, tough place to play. Um, you do have to shoot better than that, but it's not a horrible loss. We know a lot of good Florida teams that have gone up there and lost before, but it, it is a game they do got to bounce back from because they had strung some uh, really good offensive performances, some good shooting performances together before taking a step backward. With One guy we've talked about a lot recently is Justin Leon and his impact on the floor. But Florida didn't have that for most of the game against Vandy because he got hurt early, never returned. And a lot of those categories that he really makes a difference in, they struggle in. Yeah, about three minutes into the game, uh, he drove to the basket and took an inadvertent uh, forearm from Luke Cornett, the 7-1 uh, uh, Vanderbilt forward. It looked pretty bad, and it turns out it was. They walked him to the uh, locker room. He didn't return. And that takes a little bit out of, out of the Gators in that he's your classic intangible guy. I've compared him a little bit to what Will You Get kind of brought Florida. Uh, something where, um, you know, he's not not always stuff in the box score, but he makes winning plays. He dives for loose balls. He grabs big rebounds. And truth be told, he was Florida's best three-point shooter percentage-wise. So you're eliminating him at the 17-minute mark of the game. So now some of these second-chance points that Vanderbilt got, I have to say Florida out-rebounded Vanderbilt offensively 18-10, to but Vanderbilt's offensive rebounds were much louder. They came on missed free throws on their own end. Cornette got a couple stick backs. And those are plays where maybe Justin Leon makes. And maybe it makes a difference in a game that close. But Justin Leon's status in terms of you know, upcoming game against West Virginia, that's something that'll be determined because when you have a head injury, obviously they're going to take all precautions for that. One of the reasons the Vanderbilt performance was surprising was because it came on the heels of the Auburn game where Florida played 
as well as we've ever seen a Gator basketball team play. So we've seen both the best and the worst from this team, Auburn certainly being the high watermark. Literally best worst, 53 points in the first half against Auburn. The game's basically over in 19 points against Vanderbilt. Uh, Florida was really uh, shooting three-pointers well for a stretch there. Uh, six of their first seven games, they had at least nine. And then Vanderbilt, they did make seven, but they were all in the second half. You're going to shoot better at home. They're going to have to shoot better at home to beat a team like West Virginia, which is 17-3 and coming in. They're in the hunt in the Big 12. I really think this uh, whole SEC Big 12 challenge is kind of a cool concept in that the last couple years they played it in early December. And the, both leagues thought and the networks thought it was getting maybe lost in that time of year with the NFL and what have you. Now they picked the one weekend between the NFL championship games and the Super Bowl, and they're going to bang all these games out right in a row. It's going to be like a basketball fest. It's a pretty good marketing idea, and Florida-West Virginia is probably as good a game as there is. Uh, there's some other really cool ones, whether it's Texas A&M and Iowa State. I believe Oklahoma is playing LSU, Kansas, and Kentucky. These are good basketball games in January, almost like a, a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 kind of caliber games. As we talk about the West Virginia game, certainly Florida looking for consistency, and, and one area they've struggled to get consistency is out of John Igbunum. What's the key to him staying on the floor and helping to anchor this team? Not fouling early. I mean, he had two fouls. Uh, fouled Damian Jones twice, I think, early on in the game and was and was on the bench, I think, before the 12-minute mark, if I'm not mistaken. And you look at his stat line, two points, four rebounds. You know, that's not going to do it for your guy in the post, especially against a guy, Damian Jones, who's seven feet. Luke Cornett, who's seven one. They needed his inside presence, both offensively and defensively. And they got to keep him on the floor. So there's been some big games where he hasn't been a factor. Michigan State game, he had uh, no points, I believe, and played seven minutes and fouled out. So Johnny Boone is a big factor. And, and when the Gators are at their best is when he's not in foul trouble. He's engaged defensively and playing really good ball screen defense. I think uh, Florida fans, certainly me watching a game a couple years ago, just so spoiled from watching the magnificent defense that Patrick Young played in the post. He was the best low post defender in the country that year. And that's one of the reasons the Gators won 30 games. Johnny Boone uh, sat out last season, redshirted. They were trying to teach him kind of to be that traffic cop in the middle and he's a good communicator and he really does play hard at times but also he gets frustrated when he gets in foul trouble and he gets frustrated when he can't be engaged like he would like to be so a very important element for the Gators is to keep him on the floor so he can be that rim protector and be able to be a factor in the post. The SEC overall has been decent this year but there's not a lot of opportunities to make big statements in the league. West Virginia is a chance for Florida to make a big statement, a top 10 opponent in the O-Dome, a big, big opportunity for the Gators this weekend. Yeah, and the game sold out almost a week ahead of time, so the environment's going to be spectacular. It's a noon tip-off. It's a top-ten opponent, and you know Florida's had a couple cracks at ranked teams already this year and haven't beaten one. It was Purdue, it was Miami, it was Michigan State, and Texas A&M. So 0 for 4 against ranked teams. Now here comes one in your house. It's a game that the Gators have to have. They look really good on their resume. Their highest-ranked opponent in RPI rating was St. Joseph's at about number 37. So they really need something to beef up that resume. And, you know, you're going to get people's attention if you beat a West Virginia home or away. Excellent game. Uh, Huggins is a great coach. Darius Nichols, uh, one of the Florida assistant coaches, was Bobby Huggins' point guard at West Virginia on a team that went to the Elite Eight. So some intriguing matchups. But I just like the idea that this will really be Mike White and his staff's first look at the O-Dome at what should be its absolute peak in terms of environment. The Rowdy Reptiles will come out in full force. It should be, you know, one of the better games of the season. The unprecedented success of the Gator Gymnastics program can be attributed to a number of factors, but it's hard to imagine they could have achieved three straight national titles without Bridget Sloan. The senior from Pittsburgh, Indiana, has claimed three individual NCAA crowns and has recorded perfect tens on every event. 
Hot off the heels of an impressive road victory in their SEC opener at Auburn, GatorVision Shelby Granath asked the 21-time All-American about the significance of the win. I think it just means that we're a lot tougher than people were expecting. I know this is a very new team. We're a very young team, and we have, again, a lot of new faces. And it's just important that all the girls understand that you're going to have tough competitions. Every competition isn't going to be easy, and every competition is going to be different. You mentioned those new faces. How have the new coaches, as well as the freshmen, been transitioning so far three meets in now? I think everyone has made a very smooth transition. Um, it was nice for Owen to come in from Nebraska. He's been in the competition scene, the same with Jenny, especially Jenny since she was already at an SEC school. So she really understands. And I know Owen is, he's very excited always because it's a new experience for him. And it's incredible to see him react to the atmosphere, to react to the teams that we're competing against. And obviously when we hit a routine, it's always important. But he's done a great job and the freshmen have done an incredible job too. I know we were a little worried, or I know I was a little worried at the beginning of the season because they weren't quite getting it and just took a little bit longer. But again, it's a process, and they've done a great job, and I know that they're really excited to compete now. Week by week, what have you seen the team getting better at? Week by week, we've been getting better at definitely landings and just relaxing. I know the team in particular has a tendency to get a little tense during competition sometimes. And instead of doing things normal, we try to overdo it we try a little too hard and sometimes it can get the best of us and you that's when you start to see the hops on the landings you start to you know get the wobbles on beam so it's been important that during practice we are very calm we're going through the routines like we have done all of preseason and up to leading to now and at Auburn I know we are a little bit tense here and there but at the same time, we had incredible events. Being number one in the national rankings, is that something you guys look at at all, or is it just meet by meet, week by week? I think it really depends on the athlete. I know me personally, I had no idea where we were ranked. I never know where we're ranked because I never look. And it's not that I don't want to look. It's just I honestly, it just doesn't even cross my mind just because I can walk into practice knowing that my team is number one. Whether we're ranked number one or not, I know that when I walk into practice, this is the number one team in the nation. So your senior season, has it hit you that it's your last year here at Florida? It actually hasn't. I have been really lucky to have a good positive mindset and I look at every competition as another way to improve my gymnastics, another way to help my team instead of looking at it as, oh, this is my last third meet ever or this is my last, this is my last ho first homie ever and I just think it's silly to look at things like that. So I've just been trying as hard as I can to enjoy every moment because I think looking back, you know, five years from now, I'll want to look back on my senior year and say, wow, that was awesome, not, oh, man. Remember that one time that I was all confused because it was my last home meet ever, and I was thinking about that and not thinking about it. So I think it's just important to keep your eyes on what's going on now, keep your eyes on the now, and just enjoy it. Keeping your eyes on the now, but what are your goals for your senior season? My goals for my senior season are just to, as always, have fun. I think it's really important to go out there and enjoy yourself and just to embrace every opportunity and know that when I graduate from here and when gymnastics is just a memory that I can look back and say that was awesome. I want to look back on everything and just have no regrets. I want to 
leave leave a very positive mark on this team and I think that right now that's exactly what I'm I'm striving for and hopefully it looks like I'm trying to do that but it's just been an incredible season so far and I think it's just going to get better. Your class could make history again by winning that four, Pete. But how important is it to just stay in the moment, eye on now, like you said, and just take it meet by meet? My class, obviously, in particular, has gone through all three, and every single championship has been different. Our first one, no one thought that we were going to win, and we thought, we knew deep down we could do it. The second championship is kind of a blur for me. It was my sophomore year, and I remember I had this incredible sophomore season, and then I went to NCAAs, and I, I just remember I fell on beam the very first prelims, lost the all-around, lost the beam individual. But at that moment was when I realized it's not about me. It's about my team. And, again, third national championship, I was injured the whole entire season. No one thought I was going to come back, and I just had to work for it. So every single season has been totally different. Every single team has been totally different. But every team had in common that we always stayed in the present. We never thought about, oh, my gosh, we have three weeks left, and then we have regionals, then we have SC. We never thought about things like that. It was just what was going on right now, and that's what we're doing, and I think it's going to end up really helping us in the future and especially at the end of season just knowing that we never focus too far ahead everything is just what's going on today maybe what's going on tomorrow max of the future so I just think it's important to focus on what we're doing now because we've always done that in the past and it's always turned out great for us. Another big meet this weekend hosting Alabama I know you guys have been at Alabama the last two years so to finally get them here in the Odom what will that be like? Oh it's going to be awesome I love competing in the O-Dome, especially a rivalry SEC school. I think it's the fans love it, we love it, and since we've been at Alabama the last two years, it's definitely time. It's time for them to come to Gainesville, to come to our house, and, you know, we'll just go out there, have a good time as always, and I think our team is going to do incredible things, and they always seem to amaze me. They have always been able to come together and make sure that everything is in place. Our coaches know what they're doing, we know what we're doing, so I think it's going to be a great competition. It's a big weekend for Florida Athletics, Gymnastics Friday, Men's Basketball Saturday, Women's Basketball Sunday. They're trying to fill the O-Dome. So what can you say about Gator Nation and how much they impact your guys' performance in the O'Connell Center? Gator Nation is one of the main reasons we've won three national championships. They have just been with us every step of the way. And if there was a way for us to somehow incorporate them and being down on the floor. If there was a way to do that, I would totally do it because they have just done so much. There are so many fans that are so dedicated, and that's what I think it's, it's all about is just how dedicated they are. They love athletics, and they love the Gator Nation, and we love them. And it's been incredible to be a part of the athletic department here and be an athlete here and just understand that I'm surrounded by these incredible people that – love me for who I am as an athlete, but also love what I'm doing for their school. The SEC is widely known as the best in the nation in football, but it also carries the same reputation in women's basketball. Every Thursday and Sunday, someone beats someone they aren't supposed to, and everyone is reminded how balanced the league is from top to bottom. As the Gators hit the midway point of conference play, we asked sophomore forward Haley Lorenzen about the mental and physical grind of playing in the nation's most competitive conference. 
it's one of the most physical conferences that there is, probably the most physical in my opinion. And especially at the post, you know, you're going against people that are six six, six seven and, you know, just really solid muscle and you gotta find ways to be able to make your own in the SEC. There's so many highs and lows over the course of a conference season. If you go nine and seven, that's a really good year, but that means you lost seven times and how do you manage the ups and downs emotionally that come during conference play? You just got to take uh, your losses and learn from them, and you also got to look at your wins and just see what you can do better. You can never be satisfied in the SEC because when you get satisfied, that's when you drop. You guys were in the top 25 for a couple weeks. First time the program has done that in seven years. What did it mean to accomplish something like that? A small step, but still a step nonetheless. And I would agree. It's a small step. And I think that being able to accomplish something like that is very great for us. And it's kind of showing, you know, that the hard work can pay off. But the fact that we only were in there for a couple weeks, that's something to improve on. The fact that we should be up there for more than just a couple weeks. I was talking to some of the coaches about the way that teams have scouted you and how that's changed. Now that you guys have some recognition and people are seeing what you're doing, it looks like they're adjusting more to the way that you play. And now you're getting more intense scouts than before. How have you seen that materialize on the court? I think just the way that people try to come at us, you know, I think there's just a bigger target on our backs just because, you know, we have been successful, you know, so far this year and especially on the scouts, you know, you'll hear more people maybe talking trash on the court or just, you know, some silly things like that. But like the other team is just really just tries to be more dominant than you because they know what Florida is in the SEC. And I think we have just been playing to try to prove our point because they picked us to be 12th in the SEC to finish 12th and the fact that we are where we are right now we can't be satisfied but then we have to own that as well. We talked to Carly Needles about that a few weeks ago just the reaction of the team when it came out that you were picked 12th even though you've accomplished a lot and you have a really impressive record is that still something that you guys think about actively and, and keep in the back of your mind? Almost every film session, when we play a team that was supposed to finish higher than us, they roll up the little screen that's in our film room and they show us, oh, we're not six, oh, we're not eighth, we were picked 12th. And it's just, they, the coaches try to remind us a lot, but then in the back of my mind, at least, I know I always think about it and I, I try to play with something to prove. This year's been a little bit of a different style of play. The new coaching staff brought a, a different feel and a different tempo, which is really well designed for the guards to run up and down. A little bit tougher for some of the post players, you at 6'3". So how has that affected the way that you've played and tried to fit into that? Well, I think Tyler also does an amazing job of trying to get us in shape and, you know, keep us strong and things like that. So we're not trying to make up for it on the offensive end or the defensive end of, you know, trying to keep up with our strength, but still being able to run up and down the floor with our guards. And I think that's something we pride ourselves on as a post group is that almost all of us can run up and down with the guards, you know, and so that they can push the tempo and we're like, okay, we got you. Like, we're going to be right there with you. You were an all-SEC freshman team member a year ago. Now as a sophomore, I'm curious, how has your sophomore year been different than your freshman year? More so, it's just been different because I played with a little bit more confidence in the preseason and in non-conference. And I just think that in conference, it's just got to you got elevate your swag level that much more. And I think what's different for me is that I gave a lot of people a lot of credit last year that maybe I should have been a little bit more confident. And I think that's something my sophomore year that I've learned that 
you know, you got to look at an opponent the same way. I mean, they put their shorts on the same way you do, you know, just like different things like that. And uh, it's just been a little, little changes like that in my mental game. I think that's helped me a lot. And as to my physical game, I think I've put in a lot more work than I ever did my freshman year. Like I'm getting in before practice a lot of the time. And I'm, you know, I was here all summer working on my game. And I think that's something that's helped boost my confidence. You come from a long line of athletes. Talk about your family, all the different athletes that have played at the college level, and how that's influenced you. Well, my father, starting with my father, he played basketball at Iowa, and he also was Mr. Basketball in high school, and he was an All-American and all these different things like that. And I think he was probably the first biggest influence on me in my sporting career just because he's my dad, and he, you know, would take me to the gym, and we would shoot, and, you know, typical father-daughter stuff. And he would share, like, with the stories that he had of playing high school basketball in Iowa and then also going on to play in college. And it was just really interesting to to hear about his stories and then I kind of fell in love with the game too after that and then my mom who actually played field hockey she um she was a goalkeeper at Iowa and she was an all-american there she was a big 10 medal of honor winner she was on the only field hockey team to win a national championship at Iowa and she's about 5'8 and so she's given me a lot of her quickness abilities about like that my father didn't have necessarily and we kind of joke, but my parents kind of call me a genetic experiment because I kind of got the best traits of both. Right. So, And then my stepmom, who graduated from Wisconsin, and she was a Big Ten honor winner, and um, she, was one of the, she was the most leading scorer, I think, in women's basketball history. She's in the Wisconsin Hall of Fame. And just to be able to have another person to learn from, who's also a female and has played post at a significant level, was just really nice to be able to relate to. And we have a pretty good relationship outside of that as well. Did it give you any pressure coming to Florida and trying to compete at a high level with so many accomplished athletes in your family? You know, I think it just pushed me to want me to be great. You know, I just wanted to kind of obviously maintain that level of just like, oh, your family's so good and like you have all these athletes and blah, blah, blah. But my parents never put that pressure on me. If it was any pressure, I, it's, it's what I put on myself. And my parents are always just trying to be super supportive of where I was, you know, choosing to go and things like that. I got a lot of pressure to go to Iowa, but my parents were both like, we think Florida is the best for you, too. And they were super supportive in everything that I've done. We've talked about kind of the big picture for this team and trying to achieve goals that people didn't think were possible. Obviously, the big one is getting back in the NCAA tournament, and there's all the bracketology out there. People talk about building the resumes. How much do the players think and talk about those kind of things during the course of the season? Well, I think Coach Butler is very real with us, and she tells us, you know, what this game win means to our resume, and she makes it very real for all of us. And I think our seniors are really good about reminding us, you know, like, this game means a lot for this, you know, saying later in the future, like, it might not be like, oh, it's not a big deal today. Well, it is. Every game's the next biggest game. And I think the seniors have done a really good job of just making sure that we realize what it means and, you know, everything that we do has a purpose. And that's going to do it for today's show. Now that we've prepared you for every event, make sure to help the Gators reach their goal of filling the O-Dome by coming out to support gymnastics when they welcome Alabama on Friday night at 645, basketball as they challenge West Virginia on Saturday at noon, and women's basketball when they battle Kentucky on Sunday at 1. We also encourage you to subscribe to Gator Tales on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher to ensure that you never miss an episode. Until next time, I'm Adam Schick, and I'll see you filling the O-Dome.